friends. My name is Sean Arsenault, but you can call me Shawnee. I'm a board certified nurse coach and holistic healer, and I want to help you transform your life in a way that feels in total alignment with your heart and who you truly are. Each week, I'll be sharing with you my tips on how to become more empowered in your own wellness journey and create a vibrant, fulfilling life that reflects your values and your truth. You'll hear insightful interviews on different life and wellness topics and stories from myself and other beautiful souls who share my mission of spreading love and light in this sometimes dark world. My hope for this podcast is that you will walk away feeling inspired and more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to get curious and lean into your intuition as we all learn and grow together. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Aligned and Well podcast. This is Shawnee, your host. And I'm here today just reflecting on this last year and kind of telling you guys a little bit about my life, where I've been uh, this year and the journey that I've been on. And, you know, I know I took a long break from the podcast in the middle of the year for maternity leave. And I haven't really done like a solo episode here in a while. Uh, And I'd love to just just chat with y'all as we close out 2023 and tell you about some of the lessons that I've learned, just the experiences that I've had. And hopefully some of this will resonate with you listening. Um, So I'm going into this episode with some ideas of what I want to share. Actually, I made a list of my top 10 wins from 2023. Some of them are business related, some of them are life related, but it was a really cool exercise for me to go back through the year. Um, I was encouraged to do this by my mentor, but I went back through my calendar. I went back through my photo album uh, and just, you know, my previous posts from the year and my social media posts. I I created a list of really awesome wins, uh, really awesome moments that I've had throughout the year. And after I finished that list, I was super freaking proud of everything that I've accomplished and everything that has happened over the year that I've created space for. It has probably been the most challenging year of my life, I will say. Um, But I kind of wanted to share a few of those wins with you. And I'm not going to share all 10 just because I don't feel like all of them are relevant to to the message that I want to share, the message that's on my heart today. Uh, But I want to share a few of them with you that I really um, want to speak to today. Hopefully they resonate with you. Also, if you haven't done this yet, if you haven't uh, written down your 10 biggest wins, um, I highly suggest going back and looking at your calendar, uh, looking at like photos from the year, looking at your photo album and like compiling a list of your top 10 wins and top 10 like highlight moments to really acknowledge just everything that you've done this year. Um, I think a year can really fly by and we totally forget to acknowledge the amount of growth, the amount of transformation, the amount of work that we've done this year. So um, it can be easy to look at a year and and come up with all of the things that didn't go right. Uh 
And I think it's also easy to look at the goals that you set for yourself at the beginning of the year and realize that you haven't met some of them. And there are so many other things that we overlook that we don't acknowledge are so amazing, things that we can honor ourselves for and really truly celebrate. So that's going to be the theme of today on top of sharing some really personal stories with you um, is just to take a look at where you won this year. Uh, okay, so let's let's kind of dive in. The very first thing that I wrote down on my wins list for 2023 is that I birthed a freaking human, right? Like I, I had a baby this year and this is huge for me because the pregnancy journey uh, and being a new mom, uh, it's been quite a challenge for me this year, I will say. And I guess I can take some time here to talk a little bit about it. I mean, I know there have been a lot of you in in the community, all of you listeners who have been wondering about my birth story. And I know in the past I've said that I'm going to make a whole another episode about my birth story. And I haven't been quite ready to, to do that. Um, but I feel ready now. Like I'm here and I'm going to talk a little bit about what I went through, why it was such a huge, huge win for me. Um, yeah, pregnancy was not easy for me at all, guys. It was, you know, for those of you who were kind of curious, I struggled a lot towards the end of my pregnancy. Um, so at 32 weeks, I was diagnosed with preeclampsia and I know what preeclampsia is, right? Like I'm a nurse. Um, uh, I, I know what happens physiologically. I understand what goes on, but I guess I just didn't really have like a reference point for exactly how it was going to feel and and what the experience was actually going to be like to be in that situation. I personally didn't really know anyone who had preeclampsia. And if I did, uh, I didn't know that they had preeclampsia. Like it wasn't something that was openly really talked about with the people that I knew who have had babies. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't think anything could have prepared me for what that experience was going to be like. Um so for those of you who don't know what preeclampsia is, it's in simple terms, it's essentially an increase in your blood pressure uh, due to pregnancy from the placenta not developing properly. And the exact cause of it is kind of unknown. Um, I never had blood pressure problems before. I don't have any like underlying comorbidities. It's usually diagnosed towards the end of pregnancy around like the last trimester. Um. But it causes a lot of complications. It causes a lot of complications for both the baby and the mama. Uh, I had to be put on medication to control my blood pressure. I had to go into my doctor almost every week for non-stress tests and ultrasounds um, just to make sure that, you know, my baby was growing. Uh, I had to be on like a modified bed rest, which really sucked. Uh and in the last few weeks of my pregnancy, I was I was kind of being prepared to uh, deliver early. And uh, there comes a certain point whenever you have preeclampsia where it is unsafe to continue being pregnant because the blood pressure can get so high so quickly uh, that it really jeopardizes the blood flow going to the baby. Um, 
So I was scheduled to get induced at 37 weeks. And I went in for my 35-week appointment and my blood pressure was through the roof. Um, even with the medications that I had been on, even with the modified bed rest. Uh, and so uh, they did a growth ultrasound and realized that Beckham wasn't growing. Um, I was there at 35 weeks needing to be induced early, totally unprepared. And like, to be quite honest, freaking the fuck out. <laughs> I was freaking out. Uh, yeah, up until this moment, I was a little bit removed from my pregnancy experience. Like, like it didn't feel real. It was hard to... I don't know. I think it was hard. I, I was trying, I was subconsciously trying to dissociate because the thought of all of this going on in my body at the same time being responsible for another human life that was growing inside of me, it just felt like so much pressure. Uh, so I didn't really even want to think about it. Um, I was honestly just getting through it at this point. And then when all of this happened, I had to get induced uh, it all became extremely super real, super quickly. And I I did not feel ready for it. Uh, I felt guilty because I had to cancel a lot of my calls. Uh, I had planned to work in my business up until, up until like, you know, maybe the week before the 37 week mark. And so it just threw everything off for me. Everything was thrown off. And like, I was really anxious and freaking out. My husband was really anxious and freaking out. We don't have a lot of support up here in Washington where we live. Um, so I got induced. I spent the first night in the hospital by myself because... We were not prepared for any of it, right? Like we had our dogs lined up to be boarded the week of my scheduled induction. And obviously, because it didn't happen during that week, we didn't really have a backup plan. And my husband had to, you know, go home and make sure that they were taken care of. Like I said, we don't have a lot of family support up here where we live in Washington State. Most of our family is in the South. And so it was just kind of us and... And that's it. Uh, I also just want to say here that even though we don't have a lot of outside support, I did feel super supported by my team in the hospital. Um, I am so, so grateful for the nurses that I had in labor and delivery. They were so, so patient and um, and nurturing and loving and they explained everything to me as it was happening. Anytime I had questions, I was always heard. And it's interesting being in the hospital setting as a patient and feeling like I had no control over what was going on. Um, whenever I was a nurse in the hospital, I eventually got to a point in my nursing career where I had so much confidence walking into that hospital. And it's funny, I actually used to work at the hospital that I gave birth in. <laughs> um, most of the time I knew what I was doing and I, I didn't have um, a lack of confidence in myself that I would figure it out. And in this scenario with being on the other side of it, being the patient in the hospital bed, it felt so foreign uh, to be on that receiving end of that. 
Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just taking a deep breath here because this is this is a lot. Um this is a lot to to relive and it's there's a reason that I've like waited so long to talk about this. So just bear with me here, guys. Um okay, so I'm in the middle of the hospital. I'm in labor. My labor progressed pretty quickly. Um, I had an epidural that didn't work. Uh, a lot of feelings about that. Uh, Beckham was delivered pretty fast. Uh, and then he was in the NICU for about nine days because he was really low birth weight. I mean, he was five weeks early. And I got to say the entire process of being in labor, giving birth, being a mama to a NICU baby, even if it wasn't for too long, uh, was pretty traumatizing. And I had to do a lot of therapy afterwards and be supported by therapists and coaches and my husband, my assistant to just really process all of that and, and still function. And I never would have been able to say this immediately after or even in the several months after having Beckham, but I think I'm pretty far removed from from it now and have processed my experience over and over again enough times to where I feel like I can truly appreciate how magnificent my body is. Like, even as I'm sitting here right now, my ego wants to go into like the pain and the, uh, like, it, I don't know. Like I'm noticing my ego wanting to hang out in the victim land and talk about how this experience was happening to me and that I was hurt and traumatized and, um, you know, just by the way that everything happened and unfolded. Um, and a lot of the work that I did immediately postpartum was this processing of that feeling. Uh, yeah, that feeling that my body was failing me. And how there was something wrong with it that this was happening. Um, yeah, even though I was pregnant and being this house for my son to grow, uh, my body, it wasn't doing what it needed for him to grow. And I really had to work through a lot of that and sit with all of those feelings, just allowing them to arise and acknowledge, acknowledge them, not push them away so that I could get to this place of total appreciation and love and compassion for myself uh, and everything that my body has, has been through. Uh, yeah. So I think I saw a lot of birth stories of women who have had these like magical birth experiences. And because I didn't really see a lot of struggling women who are having really hard pregnancies, I started to feel, um, I started to feel super isolated and wondering like, gosh, why is this happening to me? And so I wrote this as my number one win for this year, because I, I'm really proud of myself. I'm I'm really proud of how I worked through it. And for all of you mamas out there who have given birth, especially women out there who have had 
challenging experiences with childbirth and pregnancy, man, we we are majestic fucking beings. Like it is wild and amazing the things that our bodies are capable of. Um, so I had to put this. I had to put this at the top of the list because even if this was one of the most uh, difficult, challenging, traumatic experiences of my life, it was also the most rewarding. You know, I I wouldn't have said this at the very beginning. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm more removed from it now and I've processed a lot and I've healed a lot, uh, but I would do it again for my son, maybe not for future babies, <laughs> but definitely for him. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's my birth story. And I think my biggest takeaway from reflecting on this experience, as you guys can tell, it's super emotional. It's still pretty raw, uh, you know, my son is eight months old now and he's growing beautifully and he is uh, just wonderful. He's amazing. Uh, my biggest takeaway from reflecting on all of this is walking away with the knowledge and the confidence and the evidence that I am a strong woman, right? Like I have so much strength and resilience. And if there's any part of me that doubted, uh, if there's any part of me that doubted that, I can always remember and capture this time of my life and, and pull from that. So there you go, guys, my biggest win of 2023. <laughs> All right. So uh, another another win that I wrote down on my top 10 wins of 2023 was I counted up how many clients I've worked with this year and uh, how many people I've held space for as their coach. Uh, I've held space for 34 humans, both one-on-one -on -one and in groups this year. And that that number is so crazy to me. I was adding up like in hours of coaching, what that was. And it was something around like 180 hours of one-on-one -on -one coaching and 116 hours of group coaching. And that like blows my mind. Um, just knowing that I have impacted this many lives and created ripple effects in the work that I do through these beautiful humans that I've been able to connect uh, to connect with and coach and hold space for is so wild to me. Um, it's something that I am incredibly proud of. This is why I started this business in the first place. This is why I became a nurse in the first place was to have impact, to create healing and transformation and just deep love and appreciation for the human experience in my work. And, and I'm been able to do that this year, even while taking several months off for maternity leave. Um, so for any of you who are listening to this, no matter what you do for work, uh, if you are an entrepreneur or if you are in healthcare or you work a day job, uh, I highly, highly encourage you to look back on this year and count how many people you've helped, uh, how many lives you've impacted. I think it can be super helpful to actually have 
data and numbers like this at the end of the year, uh, I ended up like scrolling back through my Google calendar and counting up all of the sessions that I've done and really capturing the amount of work that I've put in this year uh, into helping into helping elevate the collective consciousness. And and this, at least for me, gives me a sense of purpose and it confirms for me that I'm I'm on the right track. You know, I I am doing the work that I'm really passionate about. I'm creating change, even if it doesn't always feel like I am. Uh the numbers give me such great evidence that I'm I'm in the right spot. Um and so whatever whatever type of metric works for you, whatever this looks like for you, whether it's counting how many clients you've served or how many customers you've had or how many uh, times you've reached out to people in your life, either to connect or reconnect with them, uh, how many deep conversations you've had, maybe the number of date nights that you and your partner have had with each other. Uh, how many workouts you've done, how many times you've been to a fitness class, how many books you've read this year. Uh, one of the side wins that I wrote down uh, was that I pumped almost 5,000 ounces of breast milk in the span of like three months. Um, I know that's a little silly, but it's just like a fun metric. It's a fun number to just count up. and. Um, those numbers can really tell you like kind of what your year looked like. And for some reason, seeing those numbers is so satisfying. Um, it is, you know, I think it can give you some perspective of just how much you've actually done and what you've spent time and energy doing. And sometimes it's just nice to tally up everything and get a really good overview, like a really um, like a thousand foot view of what you've spent energy on this year, what you've spent time doing this year, because I think it can also inform you for the next year as you create goals for next year. What do you want more of? What do you want to keep doing? What do you want to do less of? Uh, so that was a really cool, um, that was a really cool win that I spent some time gathering data for. And whenever I saw the numbers at the end of it, I was kind of like blown away by what I had accomplished. So if you haven't done something like this, like counting metrics for specific things in your life, I highly recommend you doing it uh, because it's just so rewarding. It's so rewarding to see that number at the end of the year for whatever it is you're measuring. And and giving yourself credit for like the way that you've shown up in that way. Uh, another huge win for me this year is that I have asked for so much help. I have been so supported and I've been supported because I've asked for it. Uh, I've been able to really tap into resources that allow me to have all of the support that I need and more. Uh, between my husband, my therapist, my personal coach, my business coaches, my online community, my family, my nanny, my assistant. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like this year I have really leaned into this idea that that I don't have to do this alone, you know? And I'm typically the person that tries to do everything herself. I, I've really taken pride in being extremely independent. 
Uh, so much so that I tend to burn myself out trying to do all of the things on my own. Uh, and this is a pattern of mine. I'm aware of it. I also have a pattern of not wanting to burden other people with helping me or supporting me. I have a very people-pleasy tendency. And I'm sure a lot of you who listen to this podcast are very well aware of it. I've done podcast episodes on it. <laughs> you guys know that about me. Um, and I navigated my year with the intention of releasing some of that control. I've navigated my year uh, really wanting to allow others to help me, to hold space for me, to offer their guidance, wisdom, um, or really just their listening ear because I knew I needed it. I knew that this was going to be a hard year for me and uh, there was no way. There was no way I was going to be able to do it by myself and I, and I knew that. And so for those of you who tend to fall into, into the same pattern of being the martyr and trying to do everything on your own, even at the expense of your own happiness, your energy, um, or you feeling supported, I highly, highly encourage you to, to reflect on this last year and identify any areas that you would have loved more support. Um, where could you have leaned into more safety, more trust in others um, with just with those in your world? And I think for a lot of us who are very hyper-independent, um, it tends to be not actually what we want is that like super independence and being alone. It tends to be like that response to an old pattern of maybe not having needs met. At least that's that's been the case for me. Uh, one of the affirmations that I've been really claiming to myself over and over again as I navigate through this first year of being a mom is um, it is safe to be supported. It's safe to feel supported. I actually did a whole other podcast on this earlier in the year called It's Safe to Be Supported. And this has been something that I have had to continually do work on for myself is just allowing myself to be supported, allowing myself to let go of control a little bit, which is hard, which is hard for, for really high achieving women. Um, especially if you come from a nursing background, I know a lot of nurses listen to this podcast. Uh, it's hard. It's, it's hard to, to allow people to help, um, and if you have trouble receiving support, I first want to honor how uncomfortable it may be to receive, because I know that that was true for me. It is so uncomfortable allowing someone to help and receiving it and feeling worthy, like there's a whole worthiness wound going on there. Um, it may be it may be uncomfortable. And I also want to reflect to all of you listening that every single one of you deserves support. All of us deserve support. Humans are here. We are all here to um to support each other, to co-nourish each other and to help each other grow. And so if you don't feel like you're getting the support that you need, how can we like widen that lens and um and see that there are other channels that you can tap into? Like where where could you receive support that you haven't explored yet? You know, uh, where can we lean into being held 
and and let go a little bit. And and we can do this in sips, right? Like we don't have to uh, be totally okay with letting everything go and doing all of this receiving right away. Uh, I don't know that nervous system would be would have been okay with that. I, I really have had to layer on support and lean into each channel of support that I have bit by bit before I felt like I could fully allow and receive. Um, and it took a lot of work for me to to feel okay, to feel in this place of safety where I I don't feel dependent, I don't feel needy, but I also don't feel like I have to do things all by myself. Um, I can allow, I can allow other people to support me and be there for me and trust, trust that the people that I have in my life are exactly what I need, you know? One last win that I would like to mention here that I wrote down in my list is that I have really uh, felt this year I've leaned more into who I truly am. Like I've really leaned into my authentic self versus who I've been conditioned to be. And I know that can feel like really vague (laughs) to name, but I also know that this year has been really about finding finding myself, finding my identity as I've shifted roles into being a new mom, into a mentor role. And it's it's really caused me to reflect on uh, who I'm choosing to be every day of my life. You know, when you go through a huge transition like becoming a new mom, you really do start to become more awakened to the truth inside and what feels most aligned. And as soon as I came back from maternity leave, I felt like, (laughs) I felt like my ability to like cut through the bullshit in my own mind was so much more developed than before I had my son. And it feels, um, you know, it, it felt like this energetic shift where, because I now have another human depending on me, um, the idea of me holding on to this old identity of trying to morph into what other people want me to be or what other people perceive me to be, it it didn't serve me anymore. And so when I think about the old versions of me from like high school and college, I cared so much about what people thought of me, so much so that it would like keep me up at night. I would get anxious about everything. And I, and I did, um, I did wonder all the time if I was good enough for someone or um, if I was going to get criticized for the decisions that I made or the things that I like chose to do with my life. And when I think about my life now and navigating new motherhood and entrepreneurship and just general life transitions and the, the personal growth I've invested time and energy and money into this year... It's really given me confidence to cut through the bullshit. And it's not so much um, it's not so much that I no longer care about other people. I was worried that that's perhaps what this was going to turn into, um, that I was caring less about other people. But if anything, I feel like I care more. I feel like I can now see what's in highest service to those people that I'm helping and what's in highest service to myself and, and my own life, realizing that I'm like giving from this place of overflow. And it's like, if I fill myself up, if I pour into my own self, the impact that I'm going to have on others comes from this 
place of overflowing and abundance um, versus lack and scarcity and not being enough. Uh, the more like me I am, the more I can help people. And for any of you listening to this who are in the business of helping people, no matter what you do, whether you're in healthcare, if you're a business owner, if you're a stay-at-home mom, like the more we can like lean into our central channel and what we believe to be our truest form of ourselves, we elevate the ability of the collective human species um, to hold space for each other and to build each other up and to grow and evolve. Like the more each of us can live into our authenticity, the more permission we grant others to do the same. And so that's uh, that's really what I want to leave you here with today is if there's nothing else that you take away from this episode, I want you to walk away with the encouragement and the permission to be yourself, your true self, the, not the self that that's defined by labels or conditioning or other people's opinions, but the version of you that feels right in your body. You know, the body has so much wisdom, so much intelligence uh, on who you really are. And, and we forget to listen to it because the mind, cute little minds we've got, <laughs> like to protect us, like to put protective mechanisms over our true authentic selves because of past experiences or society standards or whatever. Uh, the brain is really great that way because it's protecting something really precious. And the real you doesn't need to have walls around it and defense mechanisms in place to be fully experienced and embodied and accepted and appreciated and loved, you know? So if you can all even like just close your eyes with me just for a minute and check in with like the view of yourself from the lens of the mind versus the view of yourself that you have in your heart. And really feel, feel into that. Notice the difference, like notice the difference in your body, how it feels to look at yourself from your mind and from your heart. Yeah, and I want you to capture that and really connect with that version of you. That's what I want each of you listening here to be connecting with and living from as we move forward into the new year, right? So yeah, that's kind of what I want to leave you here with. Um, if you are wanting some deeper support with this and connecting back with that true self, that authentic version of you that has been waiting, waiting in your heart to be unleashed. I would love to hold space for you. I have a few more one-on-one -on -one spots for coaching for the first half of the year uh, opening up. And so if you are feeling called to do some of this deeper work, it would light my heart on fire <laughs> to be a part of your support team. And you can apply for my one-on-one -on -one waiting list in the show notes. 
I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas, that you have a fantastic new year. I love you all so much. Come hang out in the free Facebook group with us if you feel called to get plugged into community and to be in a space where we're all lifting each other up. Uh, and I'll see you guys next year. Bye, everyone. Bye.